Hello, and welcome back to 3D Printing Basics. I'm Tyler, and this is episode number eight, which will be all about PETG filament. We will be diving into what PETG is, the pros and cons of using it, as well as giving you my personal experience with it and some tips and tricks to help you succeed when printing with it. Before we get into it, I have a special announcement I would like to make. I have set up listener support for this podcast. With as little as $1 per month, you can help support me and let me know that I should keep going with this podcast. The support I have already received has been truly amazing, and I'm excited that my listeners now have another means of supporting me. I didn't start this podcast because I thought I could make a lot of money doing it. I'm not in it for the money. I honestly just saw a gap in the market when it comes to the basics of 3D printing. This would just help me offset the cost of making this podcast. Alright, enough of that. Let's get into PETG. First off, what is it? In order to understand what PETG is, we first need to understand the material that it was derived from, PET. This material was created all the way back in 1941, originally to be used as a synthetic fiber in the textiles workspace. Now, sometime in the 1950s, it began to be used for food packaging. It then took another step up in the 70s when it started to be used for bottles. Plastic bottles are now the main use for PET, and it is used all over the world. It was soon discovered that PET could be used in 3D printing. It was looked at as a way to be eco-friendly because someone could just gather up plastic bottles, shred them, and then turn them into pellets or filament. Unfortunately, this did not pan out because PET tends to crystallize at high temperatures. This means that it becomes not clear and also weakens its structure. It becomes super frail and full of air bubbles, which is unsuitable for 3D printing because when a print gets bubbly, that means that there are places where there is supposed to be plastic that instead have air. Imagine if you were building a skyscraper and in the beams, there were lots of little pockets of air inside it. Not good at all. The building would be compromised. Same goes with 3D printing. PETG was created to counteract these issues. The difference between PET and PETG is one simple ingredient, glycol. When I was doing the research for this podcast, I found out exactly how it is different. I even read a whole article about how both are chemically achieved differently and a whole bunch of other stuff that I didn't understand. The simplest way that I think I can put it is the glycol spreads out the particles inside of the filament, making it much harder for them to crystallize and form lots of little air bubbles therefore making it substantially easier to 3D print. Some of the properties of PETG include it being a thermoplastic polyester, which means that when you apply extreme heat to it, it deforms the plastic, as opposed to a thermoset plastic that doesn't deform, but instead burns up when the heat is applied. PETG has really good heat and chemical resistance, which make it an ideal plastic to use when printing parts for industrial applications. This is part of the selling point of PETG. It is marketed as an alternative to ABS, which requires really, really high temperatures to print, and more importantly, emits toxic, smelly fumes when printing. This makes it almost impossible to print inside of an office space or a home, and that's where PETG came along. It also has a small amount of flexibility, which makes it good for impact-resistant parts. Another positive attribute is that it is considered food-safe and non-toxic. Big disclaimer here though, do not, do not, do not use PETG for things like dishes, cups, or other things that are going to be constantly around food. 
Anything that is 3D printed is not going to do well around constant food touching or around any drinks because bacteria can settle within the layers and reproduce very, very easily. Remember, just because it is labeled food safe doesn't mean you should be making silverware out of it. PTG prints at a nozzle temperature of 220 to 260 degrees Celsius with a bed temp of 60 to 80 degrees. For those of you who listened to the last episode about PLA, if you haven't, please check it out. PETG definitely needs a higher temperature to print with than PLA does. However, this does not mean that you need to have an enclosed print chamber. PETG is my second most used material, and I have found that if you are in a temperature controlled environment like a house or an office, then you don't need an enclosed build chamber. Now, it definitely does help with the build plate adhesion, but it is not necessary when it comes to printing successfully with it. PETG, after it is printed, comes out nice and shiny and also very sturdy. One of my favorite aspects of PETG is how you can get rid of strings. PETG is a very sticky material, which means that even after the filament is extruded from the nozzle, some small parts may stick to the nozzle and refuse to let go. This creates very long, wispy strings that are almost exactly like a spider's web. Once you start trying to get rid of it, they just get longer and longer and stick to you everywhere. But due to the heat resistance of it, you can just take a blowtorch or any flame and hold it against the part and the strings will ball up and then easily come off of your part. This makes post-processing a dream in this department, but it isn't great in others, but more on that later. Let's get into the pros and cons of PETG. First, the pros. First and foremost is that it is an easy material to print with. There really isn't much to it. It's as easy to print as PLA, and that, in my opinion, is why it is most likely the second most popular filament in the world. Another good factor of it is the interlayer bonding. On last week's episode, I talked about what interlayer bonding is and how it affects print quality. Basically, if the interlayer bonding is bad, your print is gonna suck. Fortunately for us, PETG has really good interlayer bonding, which makes it very tough and durable, especially when put up against the elements. When using PETG, it does not warp a lot, which means printers don't usually have to worry about corners peeling up from the print bed on really, really long prints. It is good for the high temperature conditions. If you make prints that go outside and you don't want to break the bank, use PETG. The only thing to really watch for is the color fading in the sun. It is also water resistant, which goes along with the outdoor qualities of this material. Overall, it is just a good material to use if you are trying to print something that's going to go outside. Also, it's good for uses such as models and RC cars because PETG can be easily sanded, both wet sanded and dry sanded. And this is great for anybody who's intending to use this material on a finished part that will be seen. It lets you get a nice smooth finish and also helps to hide the layer lines of the 3D printed part. Now, some of the cons of PETG. There are a few negatives to printing with it, and just like last episode, some qualities of the material are both good and bad, so don't be caught off guard if you hear something I previously mentioned as a pro. I want to start with the print quality. As I said, the overall print quality of PETG is good, but there are some things to look out for. First and foremost is stringing. Thankfully, these can be taken care of pretty easily by applying a flame of some kind to it, but I'm sure most of us would rather not to have to deal with the stringing at all. Another factor that will contribute to poor print quality is the lack of the ability to print overhangs and bridges. 
PETG is not at all good at printing over open air, so things like bridges and overhangs are not going to turn out good, unless it's done on very, very short distances. I'm sure you're probably saying to yourself, hey Tyler, can't that problem easily be solved by using supports? It's a valid question, and let me answer that by saying, no. If you are printing parts out of PETG, do not, do not, do not, do not use support material that is PETG. PETG has fantastic interlayer bonding, which means that any support material is going to be very, very hard to get off. I remember I made this mistake at my day job. We were printing something that required only an eighth inch tall ring of supports, and it probably took me four hours and 15 tools to get it all off. This results in the part itself being scratched, dented, gouged, dropped, and overall just looking terrible. So if you can avoid it, do not use supports on PETG. Of course, you could use a different material for support, but I don't think this podcast is advanced enough for us to start talking about that quite yet. Watch out when using smooth build plates when printing with PETG. I have only ever used textured plates when printing with it, but I've heard many stories of the PETG bonding too well to a smooth PEI plate and literally never coming apart, so they just had to completely junk that whole plate. So only use textured build plates, please. Also, like PLA, PETG is a hygroscopic material. This means it is good at absorbing moisture, which is bad for 3D printing. PETG needs to be stored in dry conditions, ideally with less than 30% humidity. Anything higher, and we risk it becoming even more stringy and harder to work with when it is being printed. Okay, that's it for the pros and cons of PETG. And lastly, I would like to give you some tips and tricks that I have picked up throughout the years of using this filament. First and foremost has to do with the cooling fan. It is very important to keep the fans on when printing to ensure the filament cools down in time for another layer to be printed on top of it. However, with PETG, I have found that if you turn the fan off, the parts come out exceptionally stronger than if you keep it on. However, it is a very fine line to walk because when I turned off the fan, the rate of failed prints increased by quite a bit, almost 25%. So that is something to consider, but for the particular parts I was printing, I found the strength increase in the parts to be well worth the increased risk. Also, if you want to add more strength to the prints without risking the higher fail rate, you can increase the number of perimeters. This makes the print take longer and uses more filament, but your parts will be exponentially stronger and stronger as you add more and more perimeters. PETG was created as an alternative to very high temperature and toxic filaments like ABS. So far, it has lived up to that goal, and more. It is a very easy material to work with, it does not emit fumes when printing, and it is overall a very friendly filament to us beginners. I would recommend it and place it firmly at number two on the list of filaments for beginners, right behind PLA. And that marks the end of today's episode, all about PETG. As always, I hope you learned something new, and I very much enjoyed making this episode. I'm going to put another poll at the bottom to ask which filament should go next. You can find that in the show notes. Last week, it was a tie between PETG and nylon and TPU, so I decided to go with PETG. We're going to see what filament gets voted on next week. Don't forget to follow and share this podcast and check out the support link in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.